0: Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. And the saints all with gladness are singing the glorious song of the redeemed. Song of the redeemed. Thank you for tuning in once again to the podcast. This is Evangelist Tim McVeigh bringing our Tuesday edition of the podcast. And we have been in the book of Job, and we've been going through the book of Job, but not verse by verse necessarily, but really, I guess, thought by thought, mostly verse by verse, and just trying to understand more about Job. One of the things that we have clearly defined so far, I believe, I hope it's clear to you, is that Job indeed was a great prophet of God. And Job would prophesy, he would speak of the goodness of God. He would speak of God's uh, blessings upon him, even in his calamity. And I realize that men look at Job and misunderstand Job. But what the word of God said of him, Job was known for one thing, and that was his patience. Job didn't get frustrated. Job wasn't out of sorts. He was patient, the patience of Job. And yet we see these words. We see a man that's beyond help. We see a man that's in agony. We see a man that's suffering. And again, we're wrestling that fine line between is this Job or is Job prophesying of another? We've identified with truth that line up with Psalms, line up with other prophecies, line up with the New Testament. And we see the sufferings of Christ. And the one thing we must understand that Jesus Christ went and got the keys of death and of hell. He went and he took and preached to the prisoner he said, captivity, captive. What does that mean? He took those in captivity, those in death, those in Abraham's bosom, those in, uh, with the thief. He told the thief of the cross, this day thou shall be with me in paradise. It's all the same place. And it's where the dead were. And that's where the dead were awaiting the resurrection. And he went and preached to them and then set them captive to himself. He said, captivity, captive. That's why Paul wrote in Ephesians 4 in that chapter that he, uh, he was a prisoner of Jesus Christ. Been made captive in Jesus Christ. That's what Jesus Christ did when he went and preached to the prisoner. But he also got the keys of death and he also then got the keys of hell. We know that his soul was made an offering for sin. We know that his soul was offered in the very pits of hell, in the depths of hell. Hell is in the wall of the pit. And we know that that's where he went. And he there he also preached. Some say, well, he crossed that great gulf and preached back to them. I don't contend with that. Some say he preached while he was in hell. Well, I know his soul was made an offering for sin. This day he told the thief on the cross, thou shalt be with me in paradise. So he crossed that great gulf went into Abraham's bosom, preached to the prisoner, preached to those in hell, preached the gospel of Jesus Christ. And again, I have no contention how you want to look at that, but I do just want to read a couple of verses quickly here because I don't want to get too far behind or ahead of myself as I am prone to do. He said in 1 Peter 4 and verse 5, who shall give account to him that is ready to judge the quick and the dead? For this, for, for this cause was the gospel preached also to them that are dead That they might be judged according to men in the flesh, but live according to God in the spirit. So he tells you who they were preached to. That's past tense. That They might be judged according to the men in the flesh, but live according to God in the spirit. There's the judgment of the flesh, yet living in the spirit. And Jesus Christ preached to them that that might be possible. I would say to you, it's the only way it was possible in 1 Peter 4 that he could do that. Now, we also know in 1 Peter 3 and verse 18, for Christ has also once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit, by which also he went and preached unto the spirits in prison, which sometime were disobedient, when once the long-suffering of God waited in the days of Noah, while the ark was a preparing, wherein few, that is, uh, eight souls were saved by water. And he goes on, says, the like figure whereunto even baptism doth also now save us, not to put away the, the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience toward God by the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who is gone into heaven, is on the right hand of God, angels and authorities and powers being made subject unto him. Why? Johnson is one coming after him. What is that one doing? He's not worthy to lash at his shoes, and he, the one that cometh after him, will baptize with fire. And with the Holy Ghost, he's going to baptize. What does he say here in first Peter chapter three, it was a baptism and he went and he preached to those spirits that were in prison. So there we see two passages, 1 Peter 3, 1 Peter 4. Jesus Christ went and got the keys of hell, and he went and got the keys of death. He preached to the prisoner, preached to the spirits in prison. And we also know that, and we've talked about this back in the Messianic Psalms, and some of you may not have been with us then, but if you go back and find in the Messianic Psalms, in Psalm 109, we understand, according to the scripture, that the Lord preached to them. He went and he delivered them. Why? Because he covered himself with a garment, which covereth him, and for a girdle wherewith he is girded continually, let this be the reward of mine adversaries from the Lord, and of them that speak evil against my soul. But do thou for me, O God, thy Lord, for thy namesake, because thy mercy is good, deliver thou me. That's Jesus Christ. That's when he's been offered for sin. That's when he goes and he preaches. He says, "For I am poor and needy, and my heart is wounded within me." Again, Jesus Christ, I am gone like the shadow when it declined. If I am tossed up and down as the locust, why? He's in the pit. He's upside down. He's inside out. He's all over the place. His feet are falling, according to uh, Psalm one sixteen. He goes on and says, "My knees are weak through fasting. My flesh faileth of fatness." I become also a reproach unto them. When they looked upon me, they shaked their heads. And then he cries this great cry, Help me, O Lord my God, so save me according to thy mercy. So again, we've covered this. We've covered this in Psalms. We see this again where it's uh, it's doctrine in Job, where the Lord has appropriately put it. And we look at the soul of Jesus Christ, the offering of Jesus Christ, the deliverance of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ crossing that great gulf where Lazarus looked over and saw the rich man in hell. The rich man in hell looked back and beheld Lazarus in Abraham's bosom. Okay, so we know that they're conscious. We know that they can see. We know that one can look to the other. And Jesus Christ crossed that gulf and there he preached. And there he took captivity, set them captive. That's according to the word of God. And so there's some understanding we must gain from this to look at Job in light of what God is trying to say to us because he said this in verse eight of Ephesians four. Now, again, the apostle Paul writes this in Ephesians four, I therefore the prisoner of the Lord. He tells you he's a prisoner of Jesus Christ. In verse eight, he said, wherefore he saith." When he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. Now that he ascended, what is it that he also descended first into the lower parts of the earth? He that descended is the same also that ascended up far above all heavens, that he might fill all things. Now, again, we're referencing a Messianic psalm. We're in Psalm 68, verse 18, thou hast ascended on high. That's where it was written. That's what Paul's referencing. Thou hast led captivity captive. Thou hast received gifts for men. Yea, for the rebellious also, that the Lord might dwell among them. Now it's interesting. The apostle Paul said, give gifts to men. The psalmist said, receive gifts for men. What is that gift? What's well, the grace of God that has appeared to all men, teaching us that as ungodliness and worldly lust. we should live many righteously and godly in this present world? There's no greater gift that God has given. For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Thank God for the faith of Jesus Christ. That not of yourselves it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto all good works. And so we know Jesus Christ went and preached. We know he got the keys of hell and of death. And then he said in verse 8, Thine hands have made me and fashioned me together round about, yet thou dost destroy me. We know that he was made. Uh, As a man was made, we know he was made of a woman. We know he was made of the Father. We know that Jesus Christ was made of flesh. We know he was made sin for us. Many things he was made, but the word of God told us here that he was made and fashioned, he said, round about. Remember, I beseech thee that thou hast made me as the clay and wilt thou bring me into dust again? No, he would not bring him into dust again. And again, because the Psalms explain that to us, And then Peter expounded that to us, but that's Psalm 27 too, when the wicked, even mine enemies, my foes came upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and fell. Why? They could not destroy the Holy One of God. They could not corrupt the body of Jesus Christ, that Holy One. And so he said, "Thy hands have made me and fashioned me together round about, yet thou dost destroy me. Remember, I beseech you, that thou hast made me as the clay, and wilt thou bring me into dust again? No, we did not bring him in dust again, but rather he resurrected Jesus Christ. He said, Hast thou not poured me out as milk and curdled me like cheese? That's what he did with the Son of God. Curdled him like cheese, poured him out as milk, poured out that gall upon the ground. He poured out his soul as that offering for sin. He was poured out in every way possible. He emptied himself, and I love what the old songwriter said, emptied himself of all but love, and bled and died for Adam's helpless race. Glory to God. Tis mercy all. It's the mercy of God that Jesus Christ emptied himself for us, that we also might be emptied, that we also might pour out ourselves, that we might become a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is our reasonable service. In verse 11, thou hast clothed me with skin and flesh, and hast fenced me with bones and sinews. He was made flesh. He was made the woman. He was man on earth, yet he was God. And we understand that according to the word of God. He was that second Adam from above. Reinstate me in thy love. Glory to God. Bless his holy name. "'Thou hast granted me life and favor.'" Boy, Charles Wesley's showing up a lot today on the podcast. Hallelujah, what a savior. That's not Wesley, I realize that. We could go to bliss. Hallelujah, what a savior, amen. What I'm saying is the word of God is paramount in understanding these scriptures in Job. Line upon line, line upon line. It's precept upon precept, and precept must be upon precept, here a little and there a little. He clothed him with skin and flesh, Fence me with bones and sinews. Thou hast granted me life and favor. And notice this. And thy visitation hath preserved my spirit." Why did this visitation preserve his spirit? Because his spirit was broken. His spirit was almost destroyed. His spirit was almost gone. And a visitation from above at Calvary, Jesus Christ lifted up his eyes and he said, Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. And he bowed his head and he gave up the ghost, both soul and spirit. His spirit went back to the Father. His body was heading to the grave. His soul was going to be made an offering for Sin. It was a visitation from the Lord that preserved his spirit. His spirit did not die with him. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And that is doctrinal and that is sound doctrine. And I challenge anybody to take the word of God and show me where his spirit died with him. He said, In these things, and there's a lot of people preaching these things, a lot of people preaching some odd stuff about Jesus Christ, but let me rest assured, his spirit was with the Father. And these things hast thou hid in thine heart. I know that this is with thee. If I sin, then thou markest me, and thou wilt not acquit me from mine iniquity. Again, he goes on, he talks about that sin. Now, folks can twist that around. Say, oh, Jesus Christ could have sinned. Absolutely, he was flesh. He was tempted in all points of the law, such as we were, yet without sin. But Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Jesus Christ is God in flesh. No man can tempt God. We know that Satan came and tempted him and Jesus Christ withstood him. It were not possible that he beholden of sin. He would not have been God. He would not have been the son of God had he sinned. And he goes on there in this prophecy. He's speaking. He said, "Thou wilt not acquit me from my iniquity. Why? Sin was laid upon him. Iniquity was laid upon him. He was made sin for us. If I be wicked. Woe unto me, and if I be righteous, yet will I not lift up my head. I am full of confusion, therefore see thou mine affliction, for it increaseth. Why does he say he would not lift up his head? He's been made offering for sin. There on the cross, he's dying for our sins. He's been made sin for us who knew no sin. All of hell has been turned loose on Jesus Christ. Every sin you and I could ever commit turned loose on Jesus Christ. Every heinous act of war has been laid Upon Jesus Christ. Every vile affection, every perversion, every uh, perverse disputing, every blasphemy, every cursing, every reviling, everything was laid upon him. Yet he bore that sin in his own body. Every sickness in this world was laid upon Jesus Christ. He bore that in his body. People say, what about COVID? Yes, COVID was laid upon him. There's nothing new under the sun. It's what the word of God tells us. SARS-2, COVID, Delta variant, BA 112 variant, 1922 variant, AIDS, herpes, syphilis, all the vile things, every cancer, it was all laid upon him. He bare in his body all of our sicknesses. He bare all of our diseases. Uh, he carried them in his flesh. Uh, he went to the cross of Calvary where his mates sin for us and all the vileness and wickedness and all the apostasy and all the God deniers and the mockers and the atheists and the evolutionists and the abortion doctors, yet Jesus Christ bore that sin in his body. Why? He was the son of God. He was God made flesh. That's what Job is speaking about. Job's not lamenting his own day. Job's not speaking of himself here. He's speaking of that one that came, that one that offered himself for you and for I, that we might be made free from that bondage of sin. Join us again tomorrow. We'll finish up Job chapter 10, Lord willing. There is a lost soul who is tired of the sinning. stars sing.